Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime, transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart Coors Brewing Company Golden Colorado and as always celebrate in 2003 Nike signed 13 year old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract but Freddie didn't live up to the hype he is turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career until now people are going to look at everything he did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be i'm grant wall and this is american prodigy freddie adu from blue wire podcasts hi this is ruben off the cheek i'm pat nevin i'm mason mount you're listening to the london is blue podcast all right chelsea fans welcome back to another episode of the london is blue podcast as always your host brandon joined by nick and dan co-hosts uh we're gonna be doing a chelsea women's match review uh should be coming out monday uh covering the women versus arsenal and a bit of a london derby that went down this week and what a great chance to to cover this as the as the men team are on an international break nick we thought this is the perfect match on the perfect weekend to highlight uh arguably chelsea's best team in the club that is correct and we, we have gotten notes from our beloved uh friends on discord that we have not done enough uh on the chelsea women's team they are absolutely correct that we that we have not the men's schedule has been uh pretty hectic and we've been trying to keep up with seven or eight pods a week and and just haven't uh haven't done enough on this front dan but we are recommitting ourselves uh to do a little bit more and we're going to try and flex in this content in a way that makes sense moving forward maybe some half match reviews maybe we'll do a half and half and or you know we'll do a full dedicated you know women's episode at least once a month yeah nick all i heard from you is excuses and Look, uh you know that's something time. people like to hear they want to hear action and what we're about to do is we're going to do a review of chelsea women versus the arsenal women and before we do that we want to wish a happy birthday to perennial harder and not only was it her birthday today but also she was one of goals top 50 players in the world but actually the top female player on their list so huge huge shout out and recognition for her there brandon i think that is one of the the few signings that a club gets to do kind of in their history not often do you get to sign the number one player at the time in the world according to goal.com um very credible though so again just is ecstatic to have it uh love the tweet from the chelsea women supporters group great follow as we're plugging mm -hmm. some people along the way as you're getting into the maybe the chelsea women's uh world a little bit so i'd, I'd encourage you to go give them a follow absolutely to start um so wow it's eden hazard-esque if potentially even better if you want a, a comparison for someone else that we've signed kind of at that top top echelon um in the chelsea ranks so standard operating procedure here before we get into the details before we break down the match we do like to run a three-word match review and we have done that and dan has picked some of his favorites uh, there were a couple good ones you know our wonderful longtime friend janique with many missed chances which is a very accurate three-word match review Roy with one that is a little daft punky, which is exactly what I thought when Harder's Cross got deflected in. But harder, better, faster. Very mm. good. Topsy-turvy could be better. 
I didn't mean to finish it off. You <laughs> killed it. God damn it, Brandon. That's why we can't have nice things. So Anton with inches from winning. And then we had never loses to Arsenal from Abiche. 5724255 And those were a couple. Again, we were recording this almost right after the match, which is not typically our modus operandi. So not a ton out there, but the ones we had were quality. Yeah, it's true. Uh, we're, we're packing in on this Sunday. It's, uh, it's going to be a good one, though. Uh, Nick, you... Had a three-word match review. I also participated. That is correct. Um, whereas I usually say nothing on these shows, I I've chosen to participate in this one. You showed uh, up. I did. Look, man, uh, here so I don't get fined. Obviously, um, uncharacteristically off balance was was my three-word match review. I, I like if you've watched the Chelsea women over the past number of years, whether it be three or four like us, or, or a shorter amount of time or a longer amount of time you'll know that they usually play a very fluid attack, you know, attacking style of football. What we saw today was not that. It was a much choppier game. The balance was off, and, and we'll get into the reasons why, but uncharacteristically off balance, my three-word match mm. review. All right, Dan, run up, the, run up the ladder. So if you were listening to the wonderful commentary, you would have heard a <laughs> wonderful reference to Hitchcock, and then there was conversation around Star Wars and you know, all of that movie chatter in the middle of the first half had me thinking that this performance was not Oscar worthy. There was also not. a match going on <laughs> that that, that uh, <laughs> commentating team, uh, you know, every now and then broke up their, their conversation to touch on, which is nice. So uh, I appreciate that little that little touch from you. Uh, very inside information only. Um, I, I put another London Derby. Uh, just the tackles were flying in not as many goals as we maybe wanted to um i felt like there were some shaky plays because maybe players were amped up a little bit or you know knew the pressure arsenal women are a fantastic team um actually it's them and chelsea who are tied for the most uh fawsl titles at three apiece so it's a big one let alone just being london rivals uh as clubs overall so again Another London Derby. They're not always pretty. So, um, huge, huge uh, thank yous. But before we do that, what we're going to discuss today is the KG first half, which I haven't said KG more in the last six months than I have today because it was just the way to describe it. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about the defense, the defense, the defense, and we'll talk about Emma's biggest test is actually yet to come. And how can she prepare for that after what we learned today? So, thank yous to Austin, John, Joe, and Nathaniel on Patreon for joining the team. Make sure you get into Discord if you're not already there. Shoot us a message. Uh, Dan, you've got a couple of Apple Podcasts, five stars. Look, the Chelsea first team might have taken off for a couple weeks here to do something. I don't know. The Chelsea women didn't take the day off. Chelsea youth teams aren't taking the day off. And you, the wonderful listeners, are not taking the day off from five-star Apple Podcast reviews because Movio and McLean both leaving wonderful five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, which help people find us, find the show, connect with the what we believe is the best Chelsea podcast in the land, and we appreciate that. So if you haven't done so yet, if you're on your digital device right now that connects to Apple Podcasts, go leave a five-star review and talk about how maybe the, you or maybe it could be a six-star if Nick got rid of that mustache. I don't know. I don't or know how we I get six it. stars, but I'd like us to get there, but we'll take five for now. So thank you very much. You're not... You're not gaining stars for taking away this glory. That's that's for damn sure. Um, we have a 500th episode celebration that we will be um, putting winners out in social this week. We've had hundreds of entries for this contest, uh, and again, it's now closed. So if you're if you're if you're doing the late Sunday, th you're just not going to be counted. We we gave we gave about two weeks to be fair uh, to enter this contest, but we've had hundreds come in through Instagram DMs. Twitter, Twitter DMs, email, Patreon, Discord, smoke signal for, for some people. Um, those will not uh, likely be counted as it's been pretty windy in my area. But um, this has been, uh, it's been a lot of fun just to kind of see how you guys have reacted to the show. And, um, you know, again, 500 episodes is super special to us. So we want to make sure that we're, we're giving back and we will be picking the five winners of the Nike Vapor home away or third kits with whatever player you choose and whatever size fits you best uh, this week on social. I just have to dig through 
all of these entries. So assume I'm like the mail guy in the mail room when all the letters just come flying in. That's that's going to be me. Exactly. And as you should. And look, we, we had to we had to stop. 600 is right around the corner. Like we got to keep it moving <laughs> and we'll do another giveaway at 600. So, again, uh, five vapor kits up for grabs. Uh, thank you. Um, the, the messages we received have been overwhelmingly uh, just generous and, and amazing. So Absolutely. I'm going to go through those today. But here we go. It is match review time. So it was Arsenal in the WSL uh, this past Sunday, November 15th, in the year 2020, at Meadow Park, which is a new stadium we're not used to talking about. That would be Arsenal's, if you are new to the women's ground. Uh, Scoreline, Arsenal 1, Chelsea 1. And the goals we have uh, left it to the end, they might say. Left it late. Beth Mead in 86 minutes, scoring for Arsenal. And then just a few minutes later in the 90th minute, uh, Wubin Moy... With the own goal, the deflected cross from Pernell Harder, thankfully getting the share of points right, right, right at the very end. So, Dan, go ahead, run us through the lineup, and then we'll touch on some stats. Yeah, you had Berger between the sticks, Anderson, Erickson, Bright, and Mielda in the back four, which has kind of been the staple for Emma Hayes' side this season. Ingle, Lupoltz, G as our midfield, and then Cuthbert, England, and Harder started as our attacking trio in the front. Uh, Thor's daughter Carter, Wrighton, Fleming, Kerr, Charles, Telfoid, and also Fleming. So there's Jesse Fleming and Charlotte Fleming uh, on the bench today. We did get to see some appearances from Kerr. We got to see Wrighton come in. And uh, yeah, it was uh, all in all. I mean, it's it's just tough. It's tough to manage this side, Nick. There's a lot of talent here. And not, you know, we're, we're seeing Rose Lavelle not make it into a match and be on the bench for Man City. You're seeing, you know, this match, Tim Kerr doesn't necessarily start. And there's just a lot of talent now in the WSL with some of the leagues around the world, like even just here at home, NWSL being kind of suspended or slower player concerns around COVID that wsl is loaded with talent and it means managers are making tough decisions when it comes to lineups yeah i mean it's we'll touch on the 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 conundrum uh that um that we have to worry about later uh, and i think that's that's going to be kind of an interesting conversation because there is so much talent um but you know this is a london derby you know you got to put out players who can uh, absolutely go get it and as Brandon said, a scrappy affair, a cagey affair, a full-blooded tackley affair, uh, and it's what you expect. I mean, to be to be fair to to Arsenal, Chelsea have certainly had the rub of the green against them in in recent matches. And I think we beat them four-one at their place last year, if memory serves. So uh, this was most likely going to be a tougher match than uh than you know we've had in, in a couple of matches here so just throwing that out there and we'll get into some of the results but it hasn't been all sunshine and rainbows for this team either you know a lot of new faces uh new balance um new tactics a lot, a lot of different things that uh emma and her staff have, have had to deal with so the the top line stats from this one were uh 45 possession to chelsea uh, we had nine shots none on target which we will talk about arsenal had 11 shots they only had one on target and they scored so that just goes to show you what kind of a match it was uh from a number standpoint uh we had 14 fouls there too absolutely love seeing us just tackle the absolute bollocks out of out of the arsenal players uh a caution apiece and offsides to their three we had no corners to their 10 and I'm pretty sure the first corner didn't come until the second half. So weird, 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 weird. When you kind of get these stats and you try to lay it out there, it just it sounds like not your normal typical game, which again, why I was talking about it, it was it was a London Derby. This is kind of the feel of this one. And and as we dig into it right away, we want to talk about the KG first half, right? Uh you you go out, you try to set the tone from the beginning, and that didn't really happen with this one. Um, and, and touching on the no shots on target thing, which is, is huge at Opta Joe tweeting one, despite seeing two goals scored, the one, one draw between Arsenal and Chelsea women saw just one shot on target recorded the joint fewest in a single game in WSL history parentheses, also one between Arsenal and Birmingham women in May, 2016 and parentheses 
peculiar hashtag women's football <laughs> weekend. They're trying to one-up us here with a one-word match review of Peculiar, which uh, I don't appreciate. I don't appreciate you, Opta Joe. Look, they're going to walk themselves into a corner. One, one word is, is rarely ever enough, so uh, they're, they're in trouble. But the bigger point here being the first half was weird. Um, you got the lineups. We're kind of going through it, Dan. We see how they play. We're okay, at the beginning, and then Arsenal went on a run, and then I mean they almost scored right at the end of the first mm -hmm. half. You know, hitting the crossbar twice after Ingle gave away the ball, uh, some sloppy play in our own defensive third. It, it just overall, like you could say, cagey, but also just like uncomfortable, like no real fluidity, no real kind of just tempo for, for this match or either side. Well, the first 20 minutes, I actually thought we looked sharp getting the ball forward and we're getting into some really tough tackles. You know, you saw Cuthbert was, was definitely up for some action early on, even though it seemed like every time that she was getting a little bit of a tough challenge today, the favor was not going in her direction when it came to where the, where the foul was being given or who it was being given for. And so while I, I think it was almost two halves that played out in the first 45 minutes of, of a match where... You know, we were pressing really well. We were, were turning the ball over. We were winning back possession. But Arsenal did a great job of maintaining shape in their half and really in their box, you know, making sure that they had six, seven, eight bodies behind the ball and really were leaving uh, Medima forward. They were, you know, kind of, you know, Little was fantastic in their midfield today and really just kind of slicing through ours and you know what where we didn't see enough power and presence in that first half nick was i think our midfield actually was uncharacteristically poor and you know uh, i think loopholes was maybe a step or two behind uh, g was finding herself closed down on extremely quickly not before to be the time she's had previously to make some magic happen and so we were just feeding back to the defense way too regularly and not moving the ball quick enough to kind of catch them out of position. Sure, Dan, I'll move up my eye test from section three to section one, no problem, uh, because my eye test was around the midfield. Uh, typically, Engel is rock solid. Uh, like, uh, there were arguments, if you talk to hardcore Chelsea women's team supporters last year, that she could have been our player of the season. Um, like, she was that good. Uh, criminally underrated. Uh, in this match, there wasn't really a link between the defense and the midfield, and I think the midfield was was chasing a lot of the game. And then, obviously, as you mentioned, the the back pass that almost led to a goal was was not great. Loopholes couldn't find her way into the game at all, and was replaced at half uh, by Sam Kerr uh, to bring some added firepower up top. And and G did not, you know, I think we were all in the in the group texting during this game. G, G did not have a a typical G creative dominant performance uh, looked like she was struggling to kind of get into the game and link up play as well. Uh, there, uh, there's probably a lot of reasons for this. I think Arsenal did play a very, um, I think good is not the, the word a disciplined game in, in midfield. And mm. they kind of, they kind of kept their shape better than we did. You know, we were losing, basically possession every two seconds for a period of 30 minutes in the first half. And so I think it became hard for our midfield to, to keep their shape and to keep discipline. But for a Chelsea team, Brandon, that we're used to seeing the midfield be so comfortable in possession. So easily um, losing my words here today, uh, easily in control, I guess Th this was not a, a typical Chelsea midfield performance. And I think those that that will lead into our larger discussion later with Emma Hayes' decision-making around squad. It, this was not the right balance for this game. Right. And we can talk about midfield too, because obviously the engine that gets the, the ball to our attackers guys, we had Cuthbert on the left England down the middle and harder on the right. There are no slouches. I mean, I'd say Aaron's more like a Mason Mount player in the sense where she's industrial, she can score, unbelievably hard worker, loves to put in a tackle, uh, probably will self-sacrifice her natural skill set to fit in, you know, especially uh, based on this formation, knowing that, you know, Ingle's behind her, she's not really going to get forward. So a lot of space to cover for Aaron. Um, 
the, no shots on goal. I mean, then you have your subs, right? With those two, we had Sam Kerr came on, Gurr Eaton came on. Our our bench is about as deep as the Grand Canyon. Like you can't really ask for a deeper bench. And again, whether the attackers weren't fed the ball enough so they could create chances, that can go back to midfield. It's just for whatever reason today, there was uh, big gaps between the midfield and the attacking line. Uh, I think Harder and Cuthbert probably had to defend more than what uh, Emma probably would have wanted them to do. And it ended up leaving England or Kerr, whoever, kind of on their own up top against you know, our Arsenal's back line. And we saw that didn't really work well. Um, I think the commentators even rightly said at one point, Chelsea had looked to play just a big ball in over the top. And England wasn't looking for that. It wasn't clicking. It wasn't what they were going for. So something definitely broke down in the transition from defense to offense and, and being able to break the lines of Arsenal to get it to our attackers. And when we did, a lot of times they were on their own and they were quickly you know, snuffed out in, in everything that they had going for them. So again, the first half just struggled um, and changes were made, which we can, you know, obviously get into. Oh, Montemuro's side, you know, to their credit, I think did what they needed to against a Chelsea side that enjoys having the ball, then enjoys getting to move quickly down the flanks is they made sure that they, you know, you use the word discipline, Nick, they really did a great job not affording Chelsea the the time and the space and the ball that this team likes to enjoy. Very similar, they like to play up the up the sides of the pitch. And you'll typically see you know Mielder Anderson uh, Anderson get very very far forward and play it maybe into the box back to a Cuthbert or to a, a G and let them make the magic happen. And there was just no lane making itself available. So that by the time you were at getting outside of their box. There was enough players there and bodies there that there was no you were going to have to thread a needle to make that happen. Yeah, those over the top balls just they, they didn't start to come off until late in the second half when when maybe some legs were getting more tired. And there were a couple of mistakes that, you know, Sam Kerr certainly should have pounced on one of them for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it does go back to if you're used to watching this Chelsea team with how fluid they are, how well they pass the ball in the channels, through the midfield, over the top, you know, crossing the ball is a specialty of this team. It just, nothing seemed to be kind of clicking. And typically G's at the heart of that, right? I mean, she's the playmaker. She's the one uh, alongside Girl Wrighton when they, when they both start that can make the key pass to unlock a defense, especially a stingy defense as Arsenal were today. And and neither one of them uh, seemed to really get going. So I, I you know, with, without talking in circles too much here, just it, it was a slow plotting industrial performance, and it was probably a deserved point at the end of the day because you know Chelsea missed a ton of chances as as well, and Arsenal got a little unlucky with the double crossbar. But uh, th- this was not a vintage. Uh, Chelsea women's performance and it's only because they have raised their level Brandon so much over the last handful of years that we even feel comfortable saying that it's fair yeah I mean the the standard and the expectations for Emma and company are huge um, I think before we move on to the defense I just wanted to kind of point out I thought it was interesting the Arsenal manager made no substitutions right uh, Emma made one at halftime bring loopholes off uh, and putting uh, Kerr on. So right away, attacking. She's like, we're going for it. Uh, then the 65th minute, Bethany England came off for Reeton. So pretty much like for like. Uh, but we changed the formation at this point, right? So we take it off a midfielder, added an attacker. You still had three attackers on, so you're almost playing a 4-2-4 at this point. I mean, they're going for it. And then a couple, Fleming and Charles came on in the 87th minute for Cuthbert and G, which is, again, just to give legs. But this Arsenal team withheld all of that pressure with no subs for 95 minutes, which, I mean, credit to them. But you just mm-hmm. say, you go like, wh- you know, where could we have gone and, and, and try to figure it out? But, you know, again, 11 shots, one on target. It, it's important that we touch on the defense and the defensive effort today. <laughs> that's, so 
That's um, twenty eight or that's 2019, 2020 Chelsea men's team level <laughs> right there. That, that we, we can't be having that. Yes, exactly. So we're going to take a real quick break. Thank you to the sponsors for financially supporting the show. Again, we get back defense, defense, defense. Uh, we even got a three-year extension on the books to announce. And again, it, talk looking ahead for Emma and the biggest test she has ahead of her. So we'll be right back. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other job sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need and you can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in the hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the most important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. That's a lot. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Listen up, fellas, because today we have a new Manscaped product alert. That's the Manscaped just released the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. Take a look in the mirror, and I guarantee you'll see hair sticking out of those holes. It's time to keep your ear and nose hair looking as nice as your clean-shaven balls. Look, they sent us one. I have it. I actually love it. I use it. I've had other ones. They suck. This one is significantly better. Uh, than the ones I've had. So trust me, I've used it and I can endorse this Weed Whacker. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor power 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Its intelligently contoured design enhances trimming experience and it is waterproof, which makes it easy operation and cleaning the only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium-ion battery that lasts for up to 90 minutes of use i mean have you ever pulled out your nose hair before with your fingers it hurts and it's worse than nicking your balls manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to delivering maximum confidence while providing hygiene yes you will get a replaceable blade every three months to keep your weed whacking time clean and enjoyable Look, fellas, 79% of partners polled admitted that those long nose hairs is a major turnoff. It's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker, get 20% off, and free shipping with the code LONDONISBLUE at manscaped.com. Thank you, Manscaped, for keeping our pubes trimmed along with the hairs and the holes looking nice. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code LONDONISBLUE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code LONDONISBLUE blue it helps us it helps you it helps them what are you waiting for go whack your weeds all right guys defense 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 obviously nick we know you're a big millie bright fan we get it all right Massive. we know you got the kit we know you, you tweet non-stop about your admiration for um so we can we can kind of tee this one up to you a little bit but at girls on the ball tweeting the unbeaten run in the Barclays FAW cell for Chelsea FCW extends to 27 matches unbeaten. They haven't lost in the league since January of 2019. Ladies and gentlemen, 2020 is almost gone. All right. Like we are coming up to two years unbeaten in the league for this team. So while we did pick them apart a little bit in the first half, we're going to add some context, the big picture here to what is going on. And they finished the tweet with the measure of a great team is digging in and finding a result when you're not at your best. They did that today. And that's probably a fair assessment, Nick. A hundred percent. I mean, I, I would say for, for all intents and purposes, Millie Bright was the player of the match in, in any book today. If you were scrolling Twitter, you probably saw more mentions of, you know, even first-time viewers being impressed by her. And I remember having that same exact feeling when we watched her in person. Uh, pro I think we might have been there for the start of that unbeaten run, actually, a couple of years ago. Um, Do you know what? We're, you're right. I think we might have been, yeah. Right, yeah, because we were there over New Year's and went to yeah. Kings Meadow, watched them whoop up on Everton. Yeah, so 
look, are we good luck? Sure. Uh, we'll, we'll find <laughs> Emma, that. Uh, Emma, call us. Yeah, look, come on now. Uh, but if, if you were watching the game, Millie, especially in a disjointed performance where the ball was kind of bouncing all over the place, there was wind, there was rain, whatever. Rainbows. She was just, she was, yeah, a bunch of rainbows, <laughs> a thousand rainbows were in there. The commentator's quite distracted by the rainbow. Who? Bright shining. <laughs> um, she was immense. I mean, she, there there were times you know where where she was one on one uh with Meliema uh she was uh defending large spaces because our fullbacks were pushing up uh and and doing that confidently she was handling the ball and advancing it through midfield then uh with ease she was passing the ball over the top or out to the wings i i, I couldn't be more impressed with her as a footballer i think she is uh definitely the you know the person that i i tend to look out for in the middle of any Chelsea women's match because I, I love the hard tackling nature that she brings to the squad. And uh, I think for all intents and purposes today, she's my player of the match. Well, you know, I, I don't know if you're aware about this, but the commentators had time to talk about things that were unrelated to the match <laughs> or just apathetic to the situation. Uh, did you know Millie Bright had pneumonia as a child and also developed whooping cough? Today I learned. Did you know that she loves horses? Today I learned all these wonderful facts about Millie Bright. Beyond the more being you know. a great footballer, <laughs> uh, I, I think the other, you know, I think the other credit would have to go to Erickson too. I, mm-hmm. I think actually both the pair of them played extremely well. And I think if you were to say Millie Bright, if you were to say Erickson as your player of the match, I don't think you could go wrong with either of them. Anytime you, you really very very well worked goal. You know, for 85, 86 minutes, you're nullifying, um, you know, you, you only give up one shot on target and that one shot happens to be a goal. Your defensive plan worked effectively. And so the huge credit to that and the execution of it. And, and you know, I think that's you know, why she earned herself a, a three year contract extension, you know, and she's definitely put herself in a position to be kind of the rock in that back line next to next to Millie. And so you know, I think we're we're very fortunate you know, in the, the pairing, the center back pairing that we do have there. You know, I, I do think, you know, th- this side has only given up three goals in the WSL this season. And so, you know, you think about that from just like a, a context standpoint, you know, the next closest side is Arsenal at six, and then it's Manchester United at seven, and then everybody else, uh, Everton and Manchester City are at eight, eight apiece, but everybody else is in double digits. And we're not going to talk about Bristol City and their uh, 30 goals allowed against them. Uh, a lot from Arsenal, which is why they have 30 goals scored this season. But yeah, we've got a 16 goal difference. Um, and, you know, so it really comes down to us not scoring on the front, but we've actually been really resolute in the back. Berger typically has been a huge part of that, but I know... Uh, struggled a little bit today brandon was maybe the one question mark in defense with a couple of the decisions in the back oh the one question mark god <laughs> not to not, call out one position brandon but um you just, you're, you're the expert i and think you know, i think sometimes we get told that you don't like us talking about goalkeepers because we don't know the position and so i'm just gonna <laughs> phone a friend i'm gonna bring the expert in to talk about it people beep, beep it's true you, you don't no look uh it, Anyways, I think that, yes, um, Berger probably would even say was not her best day out. Um, I was kind of, you know, I haven't watched a lot of the Chelsea women uh, this season. Um, but for Emma asking her to be more of a sweeper keeper while I play a high line is a little interesting because she's she's tall. She's big and athletic, like running and being a sweeper keeper and playing with the ball at her feet clearly is not what she wants to do. And I kind of compare this a little bit to Frank asking Keppa to go collect crosses. It's not his thing. And so it's a little bit of that where you've got a really good, strong shot-stopping goalkeeper in the back, good reflexes, uh, can collect crosses. But now we're asking her to like run and play outside of her box very uncomfortably. And, and, and she just looked uncomfortable, especially when she chased the, uh, the ball out to the corner slid kind of wanted to kick it out but then was like no maybe i shouldn't have done that and then just didn't do anything um i think that was just that just shows you that she wasn't confident one way or another that she was going to get there first and then when she did get there first she didn't realize what she should have done with it so um that was a, a bit of an issue and then again 
Arsenal looking to press her every time she had the ball at her feet, uh, trying to essentially almost Cruyff or turn back away from goal as she was completely shut down and, and, and under pressure and thankfully got it away, but only for a corner kick against us. So, um, yeah, I think it, it was definitely not her most confident day today, but it, to me it just looked like she's definitely being asked to do things she's not comfortable with. But, hey, look, Millie has progressed phenomenally with her ball-playing ability. She's pinging with her left foot and right foot. I thought that that was a significant improvement, and that just shows you that um, you know you need to grow and develop as a player. Emma clearly has a, a style she wants to play, and she needs her goalkeeper to do certain things. And and I'm sure you know Berger is is working on it hard every single day. She's probably not pressed this hard and this well because Arsenal are one of the best teams in the country, and so. Um, Thankfully, you don't have to play them every single week, but you know this was definitely exploited and it was on display. And I would say too, like we're we're maybe being a little critical because again we're used to her level being so high as a shot stopper, but um, yeah, it was it was a little bit adventurous today, to say the least. Uh, she she was out there. It was not always a comfortable you know area. Like clearly, the double crossbar thing is nothing that any any goalkeeper can prepare for. So you you, you, know, you don't put that on her. But um, I, I think there were there were moments where you're like, "Whoa, okay, we need to we need to maybe work on that a little bit." Um, it it does show though what a strong defense can do in this league. You know, Arsenal are a pretty free scoring team, and Chelsea held them relatively, you know, still. I mean, there was there was one shot on goal. It, it almost felt like both teams were hoping they got the one and then could lock it down which I think is exactly what it, it came late for Arsenal. And Arsenal thought at that point, I'm sure it's like, okay, you know, yeah. we got to hold on, but we're probably good here to get our three points, which is huge. There, There's not a lot of slippage that you can allow if you want to go win, you know, just with the, it's a reduced number of matches. It's a smaller league. You know, there's, there's 12 teams in it versus like your standard Premier League where there's 20 teams. And so if you're playing every team twice, it's a smaller allotment of games, you know, so at, six played you're already you know 25 percent of the way through your season so thinking about that like there's not a whole lot of you know wiggle room necessarily to slip up and already being down three points to manchester united is not a good place to be you know ha being a point behind at the end of this with a win would have been phenomenal that's where you would have wanted to be where emma would have wanted us to be and but you could take solace that you at least held Arsenal back, which I think if you look at your competition, I mean, Everton ha are having a good season. They are in a good spot, but it really is going to be, you know, between Everton, Man City, Man United, Arsenal, it is a top-heavy league with the best teams. You know, the, the teams that have the best men's team also seem to have the best women's team at the moment. Oh, how the rich get richer. And I kind of say that because United and— We are the richest— well, well, I mean, so I'd say at least we've been participating in women's football for a while. United, brand new. Tottenham, very new. But they've been able to come in, sign some of these American players, mm -hmm. and immediately establish, establish these programs. And so, you know, obviously it's a little bit different. But, yeah, I mean, I, I would like to say at least we've been investing in women's football for a long time. But we've now forced Manchester United to not come in and half-ass it they have to come in and put some money behind it um and i think that's what is good you know and it adds competition it makes it a more competitive league uh, it means that players like pernell harder sam kerr are willing to come to england where maybe they would have gone to france or germany uh before so while maybe we don't like competition because we can't just roll everyone every single weekend it's the same recipe that made the Premier League more successful to the point where it is now the most watched league in the world. So I, I would say that. And again, women's football, we weren't sure if it had a future four, five, six months ago, by the way. There were discussions around it being gone because of financial hardships. We're back. We're playing uh, NBC in America supporting it. If you missed it, it was on the NBC Sports app. Um, let's go. Momentum's behind it just means we can't win every single match unfortunately well they they also aired the manchester derby the other day too which yeah. had some you know again we you know being the american chelsea podcast uh, had a chance to enjoy i mean enjoy it's a weird type of enjoyment because tobin Heath's skull was so damn good but it's also ah it was for united it's just an awkward feeling it's oh, like but how that, we, 
That draw was good for us, though. Because the draw was good for us. Yes, you're, you're on. You know, United's on top, and and City are are you know perennial challengers. So you know, every every drop point is good, especially when you draw to Arsenal. So you know, it's basically a wash of a weekend. Yeah. All right. So the next thing, if we kind of dig into the gaffa, right, Emma, and and what is probably her biggest test yet to come, but also the balance and the challenge she's had up to this point as well i mean she has just got an all-star lineup like from top to bottom chelsea invested heavily into the squad for probably two years running it at least like heavily at least right with sam kerr coming in last january uh harder coming in right now and then uh, the players that have been built up loopholes coming in um always continuing to to bring in players whenever she can um how can emma hayes find the right lineup with so much talent in the squad every manager says and she said it too it's the best problem to have i love you know tough decisions but when you can't get the tough decisions right more times than not it, it becomes a talking point um so the defense is relatively settled i'd say um, you know, maybe, maybe now you have to question Berger a little bit and, and maybe get Carly Telford in some, some more minutes than maybe she was before. I, I don't know. Uh, Sam Kerr and Bethany England aren't exactly firing on us cylinders and, and Bethany England won awards last season, banged in the goals, had no problem scoring, right? So this is a little uncharacteristic. Sam Kerr, you signed her because she was known as the number one striker in the world, 35 goals in 42 matches in America. Like, has done it on the national level, the international level. Like, has had no problem scoring goals. Maybe maybe still adjusting to England. I don't, we'll figure it out. You know, Super Fran is injured today, but she has been playing well, creating a lot down the right flank, which is a new position for her. So, again, there's a lot of different things, Nick, in here when it, when it comes to a recipe for success. I think the biggest thing is, you know, from that midfield to a, attack and, and going forward. I know Dan didn't mention earlier, you know, kudos to – the team we we have scored 19 goals in six matches, so we're averaging over three goals a match. Was it just today because it was a tougher team, or are there bigger concerns looking ahead? I mean, I I look at the the midfield as kind of the thing you have to sort first because to me, when you when you have a player like Sam Curry, even though she hasn't been at her like peak best you're still confident that she's going to bang in more than, than she'll miss. Right. Like that's the, the hope anyway. So when I look at the midfield and I, I see Ingle and I see loopholes, both who are kind of interchangeable, the loopholes is more of a box to box and Ingle is more going to sit in front of the defense. It, it signals to me that maybe you could do what we're considering doing with the men's team when everyone's healthy, which is to play two eights, right. To maybe have loopholes sit back, as as the dynamic box to box six, uh, or have Engel do that job, and then maybe bring in Wright and Angie uh, to to maybe balance out that midfield a little bit. Because in most matches in this league, Chelsea will have the opportunity to score three four goals in a match just with their immense amount of talent. But I think against maybe some of the harder to break down teams, your Arsenal's, maybe your Manchester United's, or or you know Man City's. I think Chelsea looked a little bit defensively set up today, and I don't know at the end of the day if it would have helped to have both of you know those dynamic playmakers in midfield in. But that's that's something that I'm looking at from a balance perspective. Well, it's interesting to kind of go back through our results for the season so far. So we played United away already to to start the season. It was one one draw. You know, de- definitely what you talk about. You know, we have this match now as another proof point. Arsenal, Chelsea, one-one draw. We did beat them pretty handily in the WSL FA uh, FA WSL Cup four-one. That was the that actually that match happened way soon, way more recently. Um, we were pretty comprehensive versus Man City. We were up three-nil, and then we ended up uh, giving away a penalty, and so that was one where we kind of just took it easy. Bristol, we beat nine-nothing. Uh, Birmingham really kind of put us to the, the the challenge a little bit. That was a 1-0 victory. We smashed Everton 4-0. And so we've been scoring in bunches. Um, there, there have not been many games this season. I mean, the, the FA Women's Cup 
you know, we lost to, to Everton there 2-1. Uh, but we've been, you know, at a point averaging more than, a, you know, two two plus goals a game here on, on a pretty regular clip. And so to be held to one, I, I get your concern around the midfield. But to me, it's finding the balance between our attackers. You know, it's making sure that England, Kerr, now Harder, Cuthbert, find the right type of mix so that we can start scoring with some of the regularity we saw, you know, in the last season, you know, where you kind of would put six past the team, you put four past the team, you put three past the team, you put four past the team. Like our average was definitely a little bit higher of last season, Brandon, than it is today. And that's where we just need to kind of find the rhythm with this. Like who is, who is the A attack going to be? And then who's the sub going to be that comes in to spell them effectively? Yeah, it's a it's a good question. I mean, you know, like we I think we said is there's a lot of good results to show that hey, this is a good team. They can score, no problem. I think what we're we're just pointing out is today we played one of the best teams in England and probably in Europe. It didn't go as well as we want to win the Champions League and we want to win trebles and quadruples and just dominate everyone. These are those days that yeah, we came from behind and did enough to get a point, but you think about Sam Kerr's chance towards the end. You think about uh, just the overall the way the game went. It's like we did enough to win. Arsenal did enough to win. At the end of the day, we draw. That's fair. But how could we make this like a Man City? How could we make this like the first time we played Arsenal? How can we make this where we can still play tough teams, have less than the majority of possession and still create chances. And I think we just said today just looked a little disjointed. The The opportunities weren't as clear cut as we're used to seeing from this team. I mean, early on in September watching this team play, the number of times that Fran Kirby got it down the right wing in space and was cutting balls across mm-hmm. um, were just numerous. And so well, that's that's where Kerr's looked most effective too, right? Yeah. I mean, like mm-hmm. we we saw her in England actually link up pretty well last year, and it seemed a little bit more fluid than maybe it seemed so far. Like the goal scoring totals are aside are fine. It's just if you score nine in one match and you score one in the other, like that, you, you want to hopefully get a more consistent average and it just hasn't looked as smooth you know and maybe that's that's the same problem that the men are having it's like you add all this firepower and then they still have to figure out how to play together you know Cuthbert's doing all the hard work um on the left hand side trying to win the ball high up field and and create spaces and it, it was clear to me that Harder didn't look as comfortable on the right as maybe Kerr does now that she's kind of back and firing and so it's just you know, what do you do with England and Kerr together? Then what do you do with your now best woman women's player in the world, Harder? What do you do with G? What do you do with Wrighton, who provided double-digit assists last year? It's all, you know, it's a big problem that, you know, you not only have to keep everyone, you know, healthy, but you have to keep them happy as, as well, and that's going to be Emma Hayes' kind of large uh, challenge moving forward. If we go back to the... Man City match, you know, you saw that attacking three start of Harder, Kerr, and Kirby. I think that, to me, was like the ideal state of where it could be because it allows Cuthbert to kind of sit back and and go into a midfield position. And then you really have a very, very dynamic left side. We think about Anderson, Cuthbert, and Harder all being able to interchange effectively, feeding Kerr kind of centrally, and then Kirby's ball, which you know, I think Brandon kind of talked about, is just her ability to cross into the box. Absolutely something that we would have missed today, you know, to try to kind of open up something, anything, to make it more difficult for Arsenal would have been really, 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 really appreciated. And so I think there's, you know, that injury concern of Kirby being gone for a couple of weeks with that ankle problem that that is going to make it even more difficult for Emma here to figure out exactly what that best lineup is because the moment she's back and healthy, something is going to get dislodged again. And you know, just with the, yeah. the with the way that the world is kind of going right now, you know, there also could be you know, other type of in, you know kind of instances. There could be uh, you know positive tests for for COVID that potentially and, and hopefully don't happen. But if they do, changes the dynamics of the squad again. And so I think we benefit from it being deep, but Emma 
now, Brandon, it's just about finding that 11 that is the first choice. And then when it's not, when the first one isn't available, what does it need to look like to go get a result again as the top team? I have no, I have no belief or no concern rather that when we go out against any team that is not in the top five right now, that we can just go out and walk it. The question is going to be is how do we, when there are injuries, when there are concerns, beat the teams in the top? Well, that's kind of the the big thing is you have a lot of a lot of big players. They all want minutes. Like we have to be able to rotate and keep the continuity. We have to be able to rotate and keep uh, the master class that they they can put out there, and that's what we have to do. So uh, again, good problem to have. Expectations couldn't be higher, but those expectations are well earned uh, for this this team, and it is well earned for Emma and her staff and everything they've done. Chelsea, I will reiterate this the entire time we're covering this club have been a leader when it comes to pushing the women's game forward and we couldn't be more proud they are one of the leaders in youth one of the leaders in the women uh developing players uh and even and then first team success across all levels um this is a club that wins and we that's all we want to see from this team and we know they have the players to do it and we can't wait until this thing clicks no one's gonna be able to touch them so anyways as it stands we got the table here Right, so uh, Manchester United women at the top of it, 17 points. Arsenal second, Arsenal women second on 16 points, and Chelsea women third on 14 points. But we've only played six matches. We have a game in hand. Looks like we'll be playing either Villa or Bristol to make up that match. I'm not sure which. Um, either way, both of those teams are in the bottom three of the table. So if things go well, we pick up the three points. We're level with United on 17 points and we're ahead of them on goal difference. So we're in third, but context is key here. Uh, Man City women, or I'm sorry, Everton women fourth, Man City women fifth, Birmingham City women sixth, Reading, Brighton, West Ham, Villa, Tottenham, Alex Morgan there, and Bristol round out the bottom of the 12-team table. So that's where we stand. Still a good position. Next match is going to be headed over to the Continental Tires Cup. You hear it called the Conti Cup a lot. Versus uh, Nick's uh, second favorite team, the London City Lionesses. Love that name. It's a great name. Like objectively, it's a cool name. Who said it was like a Pez name, like a Pro Evolution Soccer, where like you can't use the real name, <laughs> so you call them London City Lionesses? Like that's probably what they'd call Chelsea, like in the back in the day when they didn't have yeah. have rights to use the name. <laughs> um. All right, gentlemen. Well, thank you. Appreciate this. I, I really enjoy getting to spend a full full match review on the women's team. Um, Nick, who's your favorite player? Just kidding, we know. <laughs> Millie, Millie Bright, baby. Come on now. Uh, Dan, whose name did you get on the back of your kit and curse? I, I, she scored goals. It's not a curse. It's Sam Kerr. <laughs> That's right. And I have Aaron Cuthbert on the back of my kit. Uh, also glad we got to do that. So if you have a kit with a women's name on the back, let's see it. We'd love to love to participate in that. Um, we have a Discord chat thread all about the Chelsea women. So if you're looking for more people to talk to about this, Think about joining our Patreon. Uh, great people in there. Very dedicated and love it. All about it. But uh, that's going to wrap us up. We have another episode coming this week in the international break with Chelsea Youth. Make sure to be on the look for that. Um, but that's going to wrap us up. So until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high. Flying high.